4, 1 through 8, and it reads like this. Finally. Amen. Now, what is uh, the second paragraph? The first, the, the first sentence reads what? What does it say? God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. There's a lot of people who are always saying, I wonder what God's will is. I don't know God's will for my life. Where is God's will? Hello. Read it again. There it is. Next time somebody says, I don't know what God's will is. It's right there. God's will is for you to be holy. Stay away from all sexual sin. Period. Go ahead and have a seat. Today, I want to talk about the elephant in the room, which I said is pornography. And for some of you, you may be saying, why this subject? Few subjects are considered to be more private than sexuality and pornography. This has always been a very extremely sensitive subject. Sex is one of those subjects that is generally considered taboo to talk about, especially in church. You don't even talk about pornography in church, but it's just really hard. But I believe that this is an extremely relevant subject because there is an elephant in this room. The other day, I want the media to prepare for this. The other day, I was watching television. It was probably about two weeks ago. And I saw this newscast. And uh, it's from Channel uh, 5, I think CBS. And, and I saw this, and it just impacted me. And I said, we have, I have to talk about this. Because this was on <clears throat> national TV. Amen? Go ahead and show it. And good evening, I'm Ken Bastida. That sounds crazy. They were second graders performing sex acts on each other in the classroom, and the teacher was present. This happened at an elementary school in Oakland, and that is where Grace Lee is tonight with the latest. Grace? Ken, what an unbelievable story, but according to school officials in Oakland, they say that they believe 
very young kids were involved, and that's part of the challenge in this investigation. They're questioning seven and eight-year-olds, but they say they have little doubt that a boy and a girl in the second grade were performing sex acts on each other in one of these classrooms. I think everyone is taken aback. It's a shocking incident. Troy Flint, a spokesman from the Oakland Unified School District, says there were two separate occurrences at Markham Elementary School that they are investigating. Last week, several students reportedly took off their clothes inside a classroom while a teacher was present. Even more surprising, in the same classroom, a boy and a girl engaged in oral sex, two second graders, again while the teacher was there. Of course, it's hard to understand how that could have occurred uh, given the severity of the events. All the principal could do was send out an apology outlining the allegations. In a letter addressed to parents of Markham students, Principal Pam Booker said this, quote, represents an unacceptable lack of supervision. I understand there is great anger over this news. Well, it sounds like the teacher's brain did. Outrage, that is what poured out of Dwight Munson when he heard about the investigation. His great niece is a kindergartner at Markham. But when somebody allowed that to happen, who's responsible for this? Not the child. The child is underage. The child doesn't probably even know any better. It, it is shocking to think that this could happen at that age, but uh, we have to confront uh, the reality of our society and not put our heads in the sand. We just have to address it and try and put in measures to uh, make sure that these things don't happen. As far as a teacher who is involved in this investigation, the school district says he has not been allowed back on campus. If it's found that this is true, the district says there is no question that this is a fireable offense. But as far as this teacher's background is concerned, the district also pointed out that there is no evidence that anything like this has happened before. Ken? It's crazy. So uh, every parent in the Bay Area watching this right now is asking the same thing. What was that teacher doing? You know what, the school district doesn't know that either, but they were very quick to come forward today to apologize. They made no bones. They made, you know, they, they were saying that this, if it's true, is very wrong, and they're going to take every measure they can to make sure this doesn't happen. Okay. All right, we'll follow up on this one. Grace Lee in Oakland. Thank you, Grace. I don't know if you feel the way that I felt when I first saw this on the news. I was tremendously impacted by that. Some of you may not have seen that. That's the first time you've seen it. It happened about two weeks ago. And I watched the news fervently. <clears throat> and I have not heard anything after that. And one of the statements that he said, he says, we cannot stick our head in the sand and pretend nothing is happening. What happened to these children, I believe, is a direct result of pornography. Because these children were only doing, seeing, and acting in what they had already seen or had been done to them. I know that there's a lot of different types of people in this room and you all have a different relationship with God. And some of you even have a different understanding of what pornography is. There are those who care about their relationship with God who are sitting in this room. And then there are those of you who really don't care about your relationship with God. There are those who are adamantly opposed to pornography. 
And then there are those people who say, you know what, it's not that bad. It doesn't do anybody any harm. But those of you who don't understand why I'm talking about this today, then I want you to pray for those people who need to hear this because there are people here who need to hear about this subject. One thing I believe that we can all agree upon is that we are living in a sexually perverted and immoral society where not only is sexual sin tolerated, but it is no longer viewed as something special and intimate that is to be taking place between two married couples. Intimacy, the definition is the most private or personal, innermost. This is talking about the deepest places, often the private places in our own inner lives. Sex used to be considered intimate. It used to be considered personal. And now people are making videos and putting it on YouTube. And they put it on DVDs and they put it in magazines. It has infiltrated every area of our life. Magazine Sports Illustrated came out many years ago with a swimsuit edition. And all of a sudden, everybody wanted to subscribe to Sports Illustrated. Victoria's Secret models have what they call the lingerie bowl. And you know it's even infiltrated in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. In the 1950s, pornography was shown in run-down adult theaters on the wrong side of town. If you wanted to use pornography in the past, you would have had to risk great shame because that would mean that you would have to have been in a store looking in the corner in the dark because that's where they were being sold. Or you had to stand in line at a theater and you risked shame. There was a great stigma that was attached to anyone who was reading or watching pornography. Sometimes it was enough to make somebody not even want to go there or look. But today, <clears throat> we've come a long way from those magazine racks in the theaters. We now have DVDs, we now have cable TV, and more, we have internet. We are literally drowning in a barrage of sexual iniquity in this nation. It is everywhere. It is in our music. It is in the lyrics. There are sexually explicit lyrics that our young people are listening to. It's in the books. Some of the titles of books are not even things that we even thought of, or if we did, we in my wildest dreams, I never would have thought they would put that in a book. <clears throat> Sexuality is in our TV programs. It's in our commercials. It's in our movies. It is everywhere. Within the last 10 years, pornography has become the preoccupation of millions of people on their computers as they access it on the internet. The internet is referred to as the crack cocaine of pornography because it has the three A's of the internet. The access, affordability, and anonymity. Anybody can have access to the internet. 
anybody can afford it because a lot of times it's free and you're anonymous. But there are those here who would say, you know what, I don't use porn and I don't think my spouse uses porn. I know my kids don't use porn. I know none of my friends use porn. Let me give you some statistics for those of you who think like that. $57 billion is spent worldwide every year on pornography. $57 billion. Pornography revenue is larger than all the combined revenues of all professional football, professional baseball, and professional basketball franchises. 12% of all internet sites are porn. 25% of all web searches are porn. 35% of all internet downloads are porn. Every second, there are 28,258 internet users watching porn. Every second. Every second, $89 is spent on internet porn. Every day, 266 new porn sites appear on the internet. The most searched word on the internet, sex. 72% of internet porn users are men. 28% are women. 70% of internet porn traffic occurs between 9 to 5. There's an estimated 372 million porn web sites. 3% are produced by the UK. 4% are produced by Germany and 89% produced by the United States. Every day, there is 2.5 billion pornographic emails. Every day. Every day, there are 1.5 billion pornographic downloads. There's over 100,000 sites offering illegal child pornography. 88% of all sexual solicitations of youth are made in chat rooms. Now, parents, listen to this. A child's average age, average age of the first internet exposure to pornography is 11 years old. The largest consumer of internet pornography is between the ages of 12 to 17. That's the largest consumer of internet pornography, 12 to 17. Five to 18 year olds, they took a, a census on what the top four things that five to 18 year olds look at on the internet. Number one, they look at YouTube. Number two, Facebook. Number three, Google. Number four, porn. 47% of Christians say pornography is a major problem in their home. We have a problem. Women who admit to looking at pornography at work are 13%. But 70% of women are keeping their activities quiet. 
women who struggle with a sexual addiction, 17%. 9.4 million women go on adult sites every month. Those people who are involved in pornography, you lie to yourself and you lie to your loved ones. Because the lies that you tell yourself are, you know what, once I get married, I'm going to stop. Once I have kids, I'm going to stop. I'll stop when the kids are old enough to use the computer. I'll start, stop once I start that new job. I'll stop once I get involved in church. For those of you who, who said it doesn't apply to you, I hope you see it does. As a parent, I think it's important that you hold your children accountable and protect them. As a parent, there are certain, I'm not telling you how to raise your children. I'm just saying you have a responsibility to protect your child. When my children were growing up, I never allowed them to have their own computer in their room. The computer was in a public place where anybody could see what was going on. And it was also turned off by 9 o'clock. And I also found out how to look up the history on the website. Now, my daughter's here. She knows they were not allowed. Those were things that I protected them. And they would say, don't you trust me? They would tell me that, don't you trust me? I, I trust you. I trust you. I don't trust the devil. And so I didn't allow it. When my children were growing up, we didn't have the HBO and the Showtime and all of those things because sometimes kids get up in the middle of the night. They wake up. They want to watch TV. And what is going on at 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock? Nothing healthy. As a parent, you need to take responsibility for your children. Amen. Pornography is extremely dangerous. It's like an intruder in our homes. And that's why Christians have to get involved in the battle against it in order to protect ourselves and our families. Because this is spiritual warfare. This is real spiritual warfare. We have to have a battle plan to fight pornography. We need to be able to recognize what it is and who the victims are and how to bring healing. In the opening scripture that we read, we see that Paul was talking to the church in Thessalonica. There was a problem there, and that's why he tells them. He just comes right out and tells them, God's will for you is to be holy, so stay away from sexual sin. He doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't pretend. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He just says, this is the way it is. Stay away. Paul knew 
in his time, just like today, that sexual immorality is a problem. It's not something that you just mention one time and then you never mention it again because it's a problem. Why is it such a big problem? Because desire is strong, temptation is powerful, and our society is corrupt. The church cannot live like the world. We cannot live like the world. All forms of sexual gratification can be out there, but it cannot be in here. This is the church of Jesus Christ. He says, be ye holy. See, Paul was writing to new Christians in Thessalonica. They had been saved out of a perverse generation. They lived in a generation that was so perverted. It would be like trying to combine Amsterdam and San Francisco and everything else all in one place. It was bad. They had every kind of ugliness you could think of. There was not only fornication, there was adultery, there were temple prostitutes. Everything was going on that was going on there in Thessalonica. And these new Christians had just come out of that immorality. They had just come out of that lifestyle. Before, they didn't have any public shame. So Paul needs to deal with the issue, and he needs to deal with it the way God wants him to deal with it. Because I want to let you know this, what catches your eye catches you. If it captivates you, it captures you. Proverbs 5, 22 and 23 says this, an evil man is held captive by his own sins. There are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of great foolishness. Once sin has you, once pornography gets in your head, it converts you. It begins to cause you to start justifying what you used to condemn. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Some of you are watching movies that you should be getting up and walking out. And you're just saying, well, it's going to be over right now. It's going to be over. I know it is. And you're watching movies that you should be walking out of. You, even on television, even on HBO, even on Showtime. I don't care if it's over the TV. You shouldn't be watching it. Those soap operas that some of you women are watching, cut it loose. You have no business watching soap operas. There is nothing healthy, nothing godly, nothing good that comes from soap operas. And I am an ex-soap opera addict, so I can tell you. <laughs> I was a soap opera addict. I did my Ryan's Hope, my uh, One Life to Live, General Hospital, uh, all my children, did it all. Now, this was a long time ago, but I was, I was a addict because I would take my phone off the hook so that I wouldn't be disturbed for four hours every day. 
nothing healthy came out of that time. Nothing. When pornography comes in, as I said, it will cause you to justify. And then it will cause you to tell yourself, you know what, it's not that bad. It's just not that bad. And then you begin to start questioning yourself and say, well, you know what, maybe, maybe I'm not all that changed yet. What is pornography? <coughs> pornography is a perversion that attacks everything God cherishes most because we are made in God's image. Job 31.1 says, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. This should be every man's memory scripture. I have made a covenant with my eyes. I made a promise with my eyes. Between me and God, these eyes will not look with lust at any woman. You know that the, what pornography has done is it has changed the way that men look at women. It's changed them because an older woman can no longer be looked at as a mom or someone your age cannot be looked at as a sister or someone younger can't even be looked at as a daughter. Now pornography has changed all of that. And that's why you need to be aware of it. Pornography is an enemy that destroys the innocence of children. It has been estimated that approximately one out of every three girls and one out of every five boys will be sexually molested before the age of 18. The relationship of pornography to child abuse is overwhelming because 77% of those who molested boys and 87% of those who molested girls said they were regular users of hardcore pornography. UNICEF reports that one million children every year are forced into prostitution and are used to make pornography. It's a lie. Pornography is a lie. Pornography says that the best intimacy is outside of marriage. Pornography promises something that it can't deliver. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. It's the way of death. Who are the victims? The victims are everyone who is addicted to pornography. The Bible says that there is pleasure in sin for a season. In Hebrews eleven twenty five, 25, there is, but in James, 1, 13 to 15, it says, and remember when you are being tempted, don't say God is tempting me because God is never tempting us to do wrong. He never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Lustful sin in its fullest form brings forth death. Death to our self-esteem. 
death to meaningful relationships, death to moral absolutes, and all too literally, sometimes it's even death to our physical body. Exposure to pornography leads to what is called a lower net return, which means that when you watch pornography, the next time you watch it, it needs to be more explicit because the excitement is no longer there. And then it needs to be more explicit and more explicit. And you find yourself going downhill fast because it no longer gives you that interest, that excitement anymore. So you need to keep on going more and more and more. To look at pornography, the Bible says, is to commit adultery. Because Jesus said in Matthew 5, 27 and 28, he says, you have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say, this is Jesus talking, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Just looking. So what's the cure? I have this on your notes right here. We need to get to the cure. The first thing you need to do is to confess it. Confess it. Do not expect God to cover what you are not willing to uncover. Let me repeat that. Do not expect God to cover what you are not willing to uncover. Psalm 32.3 says, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Psalm 51.4 says, against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say and your judgment against me is just. Martin Luther said, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep him from building a nest in your hair. My husband used to have this illustration and he was very animated when he would do it. I'm not as animated, but he would say that temptation comes in all different ways and it comes at all different times. But sometimes it can even come at a stoplight. Just at a stoplight, you're over here minding your own business, not doing anything, just, you know, singing worship songs, just waiting, waiting for the light to turn green. And then all of a sudden you turn to your right and there is a drop dead gorgeous guy or girl. <coughs> uh, you know, there's one thing to look and there's another thing to look. And my husband used to say, you know what you need to do? Run that red light. Run the red light. He said, it is better, it is better to pay for a ticket for running a red light than to lose your soul to that temptation. It is better. Now, you probably will get, you know, I'm not t literally telling you, but, but in your heart, you need to run that red light. 
Because you're going to get exposed one way or another. My children grew up with a scripture. And I repeated it to them all the time. And it says, nothing that you do, everything that you do in secret will be shouted from the rooftops. Some of you think that your internet pornography is being done just between you and the computer. You need to confess it because it's going to come out. And it's a whole lot easier for it to come out from your mouth than it is for somebody to find it on your computer. Because if you confess, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you need to confess it. Second, partner. <coughs> B, partner. James 5.16, the scripture on the, on the top of the next page says, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Being accountable to someone means you sit face to face. You look at that person in the eye and honestly and openly Discuss what's going on in your life. Being accountable to someone means that you share your struggles and you share your weaknesses and you support each other. You need to find someone to partner with. You need to find someone who cares about you and is praying for you no matter if you've had a great week or if you've had a horrible week. Now, look for somebody who knows how to keep confidentiality. We need to share with people who can keep our confidence, but talk to somebody who will be able to confront you, who will tell you, you know what? I don't think that was right. I don't think you should have gone there. I don't think you should have said this. I don't think you should be watching this. Somebody who will be able to confront you. Don't pick somebody who just says, oh, okay, okay, okay. No, you pick somebody who will be able to be a confronter in your life. Let me let you know this. If you really don't want to get rid of the problem, then just confess it to God. If you really don't want to get rid of it, just say, you know what, it's between me and you, God. But if you really want to get rid of this problem then you confess it to somebody else. And if you really, really want to get rid of this problem, then let that person give you some boundaries. Don't go here. Don't go there. Don't do this. Don't do that. There is a, a website. There are two websites, actually, and I, I have them there in your notes, but uh, one of them is x 3 Watch. Uh, church.com and the reason that I'm bringing that out is because when it comes to partnering this site allows you to
to either have an app on your phone or it has uh, software on your computer. You pick the person that you want to be accountable to. You pick the person that you want them to know if you are tempted to go on a site. Because if there is a site that you go on your phone or you go on your computer that is anywhere near that boundary, they will be alerted, they will be called. And then they're going to call you and say, hey, what's up? What's up? I just got a message. You were online. Now, for some of you, you're like, you know what? I don't want anybody up in my business like that. You're like, well, you know what? That's just going a little bit too far. I mean, you know, I want all, everybody up in my Kool-Aid. This is all my Kool-Aid. Then you know what? You keep your problem. But I will guarantee you will not be here in three months or six months. Guaranteed. Because the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life will have you out there. That's what sin does. It causes you to justify. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. I don't need anybody telling me what I can and cannot look at. I don't need. So you know what that is? Pride. Pride. That's all it is. Pride got you where you are. And pride will keep you where you are if you don't learn how to let it go. X3watch.com goes on your phone. Now, for some of you, if you confess and you, you partner with your wife, then your wife is going to know. She'll get the call. She'll get the notice. Some of you are going, I don't want to go that far. <laughs> Why not? What are you afraid of? The one who knows you the best and the one who loves you the most should be the one to know where you're looking. So if you really want to get rid of this problem, place boundaries, boundaries in your life. And then C, expose it. Expose it. Ephesians 5, 11 through 13 says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole says this. He said, the torment of the temptation to sin is nothing compared to the consequences of sin. The torment of the temptation where you just want to, you, you're ready to click. Nothing compared to the consequences. The temptation lasts for just a moment, but the torment can last for a lifetime. <clears throat> I think we need to remember whose we are. In Romans chapter 6, verse 12, it says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lusts, and do not go on presenting the members of your body 
to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So that's where it starts. It starts with the recognition that everything about you, everything about me, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, all belongs to God. Everything. You are not your own. I am not my own. I have been bought with a price. My soul and spirit and body is God's. I cannot, because of this, I cannot take my members of my body and let sin reign over them because they are instruments of righteousness. I belong to God and everything that I am belongs to him. And that has to be your prayer also. I want you to look at the 10 ways to deal with pornography. Number one, I want you to know that pornography addiction can happen to anyone. Those of you who say, oh, no, that would never happen to me. Pornographic sites are going up every day. Those of you that if, even if you don't have children, there are certain softwares that you can buy that will not allow them to pop up because sometimes they just pop up. The reason that the pornographic sites are viewed by 12 to 17-year-olds so much is because they come on during homework time. And all of these sites come up during the time that our children are doing homework. You don't even know. You think they're doing homework. And it's not their fault. It just pops up. You need to get some software that will stop it from coming up. It can happen to anybody. Secondly, realize that you're not strong enough to get over this on your own. You need God's help. You cannot do this by yourself. You are not Mighty Mouse. You're Minnie Mouse. You cannot do this by yourself. Number three, you cannot justify and say just a little porn. Just a little porn, because just a little porn is not okay. It's not. When you're in a movie and there is a scene that comes on, get up and walk out. Get up and walk out. My daughter is here. She will tell you how many movies I have gotten up and walked out of. I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't care. $10? What is $10 for my spirit? What is $10 for the stuff that's going to go in my head? It is not worth it. Do I, do I say, but I paid $10? I mean, oh, I don't want to throw away $10. No, then throw away your soul. Throw away your mind. Throw away your spirit. Doesn't equal. Be willing to throw $10 away. It doesn't matter. Sometimes I've gotten my money back because if something comes up and it's the first 15 minutes, I'm out of there and I go, can I have my money back? And they're like, well, what happened? I said, well, I, I didn't really didn't like the movie. It was too much sexual scenes. Oh, okay. Give me your money back. Not a problem. But you have to be willing to stand up because just a little bit is not okay. 
The enemy can only tempt you with what you see or what you hear. If you don't see it and you don't hear it, he cannot tempt you. Number four, spend more time in God's word and less time on the internet and watching TV. Can I hear an amen? amen. You got to do that. We're reading through the Bible this year. I don't know how many of you have stopped, but I want to encourage you to pick it up. We're only in February and you can continue. If you fall behind on one day, it's okay. Pick it up the next day. Keep reading the word, filling, washing yourself with the word. Amen. Number five, don't wing it when it comes to your integrity. Don't just, you know, don't just try to come in and just say, well, it, it's okay. Because we were singing a song earlier that says, I'm changed. Whatever Jesus touches changes. We change. Don't wing it. Don't try to pretend that you're something that you're not. Be honest. Because you're the only one that's going to suffer in dishonesty. Number six, don't go solo. Get people around you who will help you. There is someone. If you don't know anyone, there's I can help you. Will can help you. Linda can help you. Anybody here in the front row, they can help you. We have other people also who can help you, people who have actually had victory in this area. They can help. Don't try to do it by yourself. Number seven, be accountable. Now, this is where I put download X3 Watch for free from X3, XXXChurch.com. That's for men and women. But then there's another site just for women, and it's called DirtyGirlsMinistries.com. Just for women. These two sites help in overcoming pornography. They help. I'm trying to be real here. Yes. I, you know, uh, there was a, a news camera here earlier. Thank God they left. But uh, one of the things that she asked me, she said, when I, I went out there, she said, um, so do you think that this is a problem in your church? And I said, you know, I'm not one of those parents, and I've never been one of those parents that has ever said, not my kid. Not my kid. I said, it's not only in my church, it's in every church. It's in every corner. It's in every household. It's in every part of society. I wish I could say it's not my kids. but I'm not that kind of a mom. You need to get some help. Number eight, that's it, get help. <laughs> get help. Number nine, clean it up. Make some choices to remove the obstacles that are getting in the way. For some of you, that may mean turning off the internet. It might mean that. It might mean taking back that laptop that you gave to your child or moving that computer out of their room. It might mean taking off the cable TV. It might mean taking off HBO or Showtime or whatever else there is. It, that's what it might mean. I don't know what it, what it means to you, but there are certain things that you need to do to set boundaries. 
You need to remove those obstacles that are keeping you from falling in this direction. And number 10, talk about it. Help others as you tell your story. Don't keep it quiet. You are not alone. I know that some of you think you're, you're all alone here. Some of you think, you know what, this is just my secret. It's not a secret. It's not a secret. It happens. It happens. The last thing I put right here, pornography will destroy you. It'll destroy your marriage. It'll destroy your family. It'll destroy your future because it destroys society. Confess it, partner, and expose it. Every head bowed. And as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to ask if there's anyone here who has never accepted the Lord as their personal Savior. And you're here today and you say, wow, this is not really what I thought church was going to be like, but...